morning, everybody. Man, Paul, you're taller than I am, I think. <laughs> okay, so to continue on with our sermon series of the summer, um, favorite things or things we enjoy. There's so many things that I enjoy in life, and I was just trying to think of what, what I should preach about. Um, Sarah, should I preach about Sarah? A whole sermon about Sarah. She is probably my favorite thing in the world, right? Um, but I don't know if you guys want to listen to a whole sermon about Sarah. <laughs> right? No. Um, my kids, I kind of figured I'd probably do, I shouldn't do a sermon without them in, in the room, and since they're gone, that kind of got out of there too. I, I love reading books, love watching movies. One thing kind of just kept on going into the back of my head though, and um, I guess I'll play out a scenario that has hit me when I was young. So I'm going to kind of act it out a little bit. <clears throat> so it's the bottom of the ninth. Pitcher is ready. Two strikes. Bases are loaded. He's pitched nine, nearly nine complete innings. There's two outs. Can he do it? He pitches. What happens? Who knows? That's a scenario that I always played when I was a kid. I loved baseball. I loved sports. When I was a kid, I don't know. I just always wanted to be a big leaguer or a pro football player, a pro soccer player. Just doing whatever I did, I always imagined myself as just doing it in front of thousands of people, you know what I mean, and watching or just being a hero in the sports world, right? So it's something that's always played in my imagination when I was little, and it goes into my adult, adult life as well. I really love watching sports. Sarah can <laughs> testify to that. I, I do watch a lot of it. Um, football season starts, well, preseason starts next week, right? So if you like football, it's starting soon. Baseball is well, well underway. My Astros aren't doing as well as I want them to do. Um, the Rangers are doing a lot better, which is, which is too bad. Um, but one of the main reasons why I wanted to preach about sports is <clears throat> the Olympics. Opening ceremonies were Friday, right? And did anybody watch those? I mean, it's, it's an amazing... Once every four years for the Summer Olympics, I, I, always, I always like the Summer Olympic Games because it's, it's, it's sports that I never really competed in. I mean, I swam when I was a kid, but... For some reason, I love watching swimming. I don't know what it is, but why, why would I want to watch people swimming for 400 meters, you know what I mean? And it comes down to a thousandth of a second. I mean, it's crazy. It's crazy. I mean, we watched, we watched a gal from Hungary yesterday just pretty much destroy the world record. Um, it, was, it was awesome. And something just keeps on coming back to me. Like, what do these athletes have to go through to get on the world stage? How much training do they have to do to be on the world stage? And <clears throat> that's what 
something I didn't have. I didn't have the dedication. I didn't have the discipline. I don't have this and that. I had the imagination to be there. I can put myself there in a fantasy world. But I don't have that kind of dedication to put myself actually there in the physical world, right? So when I was pondering this sermon, I was thinking, what, what can I do to put myself in a Christian world at like an elite level, I guess? So I came up with four, four quick things um, that I think that we can all use to put us at an elite level of Christianity or push ourselves to try to train ourselves to get us more elite as we go. Um, why, how can we aspire to be like those Olympic athletes, but in the Christian level, if that makes sense? So um, one thing that always strikes me, when I read this book, um, I mean, God loved the world that he gave his only son, right? Love, love. Um, so I want to start with 1 Corinthians 13, 1 through 3. If I speak in the tongues of men, of an, of men and angels... But I have, lo- I have not love. I am only a resounding gong or a, cha- or a changing symbol. If I have a gift of prophecy and I can fathom all mysteries and of knowledge, and if I have, and if I have a faith that can move mountains, but I have no love, I am nothing. If I give all and I possess to give all that I possess to the poor and surrender my body to the flames, but I have, nov- I have not love, I gain nothing. So that comes from 1 Corinthians 13. Lynn, you probably know it. Anybody who goes to a, to a wedding probably knows 1 Corinthians 13 because the, the following verse after that is, love is patient, love is kind. Everybody knows those ones, right? But for some reason, I always, you don't really hear that first opening verse that much. And I, I always think of that as being one thing that we should always stand at <clears throat> with our Christian faith. Without anything, without love, without love, we are nothing. So we can do all these things that people strive to be. We can have the gift of prophecy. We can speak in tongues. We can give to the poor. We can do all this. But without love, what is it for? Right? So it would be like a person training for something, an athlete training to do something. And they're thinking that they're doing this right, but they're, trying, they're training for no purpose. You're going to fall short every single time. Does that make sense? So focus on the love, if we can. Always love your neighbor. And this comes in many different varieties. I mean, asking, asking somebody to come to dinner, paying for somebody's drink, at a coffee shop. The world is open for you to do whatever you do. Just random acts of kindness. Just go out and love the world. Um, and then I think of prayer. And one verse that was really striking me um, with this in the elite standing was in Luke 18. And Jesus is, this is one of Jesus' parables. Um, and it stood out to me because there's obviously a person who is elite standing here, an elite athlete in, in the church, right? And somebody who is not. But listen to the words and tell me who Jesus thinks the elite person really is. So, to some who are confident for their own righteousness and look down on everyone else, Jesus told the, the parable, two men went up into the temple 
to pray, one a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. The Pharisee stood up and prayed about himself. God, I thank you that I am not like other men, robbers, evildoers, adulterers, or even this tax collector. I fast twice a day, or twice a week, and I give a tenth all that I get. But the tax collector stood at the, at the distance. He would not even look up to the heavens. He beat his chest and he said, God, have mercy on, my, on, have mercy on me, a sinner. I tell you what this... I tell you that this man, rather than the other, went home justified before God. For everyone who exalts himself or exalts, yeah, exalts himself will be humbled, and he who humbles himself will be exalted. So, in this time when Jesus was there, the Pharisees were an elite group of people. They had the, the Old Testament memorized from a very young age. They knew it backwards and forth. They knew that there was Messiah coming. They, they knew all the, the prophecies. They knew all this. And yet he pretty much put that person that was at an elite status in the church and said, hey, he's not the one who's justified. The one who beats himself while he's praying and says, hey, God, I'm down on my knees. Can't even look up to heaven. He humbles himself before God. That's what I'm challenging you guys to do. First, love. Love is key. Two, pray and confess. Pray and confess. Humble yourself. Have, ask God to have mercy on you. I mean, some people really believe in cheap grace, but I don't know. Right here it's just saying, like, if you confess to yourself, or confess to God, and confess sins that you've done to other people, it really, really opens your heart, and it challenges you to grow, grow more in your spiritual faith. Um, and then <clears throat> my third point, authority. Who is the authority? God. God. So who's the authority on a baseball field? The umpire. The umpire. Or on a soccer pitch, it would be the referee. So... Um, a new sport, well, I guess it's not a new sport, uh, a sport that's back in the Olympics is rugby. Shannon, did you, did you get that to work, or do you know if it will work? Okay. So, I have a, it's only like a minute, 40 seconds. But this, this gentleman here is uh, Nigel Owens. He is a referee for, for rugby. Have, has anybody really watched rugby that much? Some? Some? Um... Now, rugby, it's, it's said to be, well, okay, so soccer is a gentleman's game played by hooligans. Rugby is a hooligans game played by, so- or by uh, gentlemen. Um, so with rugby, referees demand a th- um, And with Nigel, he is one of the most well-known uh, rugby referees. And I just, I chose a short video just so it wouldn't take so much of your time. He is a man that demands authority, and everybody respects him for it. Because if you don't respect him, you're thrown off the pitch. So if we can show this video real quick, just listen to how he talks to the players and how fast they just respond. They won't fight with him. It's, it's pretty awesome.
So that's him getting run over right there. So that's, that's Nigel Owens. Thank you, Shannon. So they demand respect, and that's what they get. Um, you see, it's almost like a spectator sport to watch baseball managers and umpires spit at each other, you know what I mean? And they turn their hats around, and some people really like that. Um, you see soccer players running up to referees when they're playing that game, and you don't see that in rugby. The referee has the final say. He is the authority of this match. And the players know it. They could be three times its size. And they just bow their heads and leave the pitch. That's how they play. Um, and they know that's the game. So in Matthew 28:18, Jesus claims, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. He claims that all authority of heaven and earth is him. That is... That is the statement of, of the Bible right there. He is the authority. Jesus is the authority. He is our leader. He is the one who died on the cross for us. So why don't we make him the authority? How can we respect him, listen to him, pray to him, do what he tells us to do? If Jesus tells us to love, we should go out and love, right? So that's the third step is bow to his authority, and really honor that, okay? Let's, let's not be like soccer players and go and just bicker to them, you know, and be like, hey, I'm going to go over here and bicker. Let's be like rugby players and be like, yes, right? You are our authority. I do what you tell me to do without arguing. And then to go back to rugby again, um, so... Has anybody heard of Perry Baker? No? I hope you guys all get to see him play. Um, so Rugby 7 is a seven-man rugby squad. Um, it's really fun to watch. It's, it's fast-paced because there's only seven, seven players on the whole pitch. Um, so instead of having the full, full team, it's a lot more open space, right? And, and Perry Baker, he was a person who played... Um, football all through through college, and he was drafted by the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, 
he didn't really play for the Eagles. Very, very fast man. Um, but when, football, when his football career went downhill, he took a risk. He took a risk, and he, he started playing rugby because he had a passion for sports. And um, when he was growing up, he played a lot of street football, which is a lot similar, a lot similar to rugby. So instead of having it be a, a play, then two commercials, and then a play and two commercials, it's more just constantly going, right? And he fell in love with the sport. <clears throat> he didn't think he was going to be good enough to really excel at it, but he kind of picked it up as a hobby. Um, he took the risk. He tried out for the U.S. team, didn't hear anything. Didn't hear anything for a while, and got a job as exterminator. He was literally killing rats, and he got a call. And the U.S. team said, hey, Perry, we want you to report. We'll get you a plane ticket. Come play for us. He quit his job that day. He quit, he quit killing rats to go play <clears throat> on the main stage. So he's an, he's an elite athlete playing in the Olympic Games now because he thought he was going to be over here playing football, right? That's what he put all of his time and effort into was football. Then all of a sudden, he took a risk. He's like, okay, this isn't working. What's going to happen? He changed his mindset. He took a risk. That one tryout changed his world, right? Now he's known as one of the fastest men in rugby. People are scared of him because he's so fast. He's a, he's a wing. When he gets the ball, if you guys ever surf around YouTube, look up Perry Baker. It's, it's amazing. People are changing the Kiwis, the All Blacks. They're changing their style of play just because they know how big of a threat he is. It's phenomenal. The All Blacks have been dominating the sport of rugby for a while. And to have you, or have Perry Baker say, they're changing their format on how they play because of how fast I am, that's pretty phenomenal, right? So I say, if we can take risks in our faith, that will really challenge or really push you to another level as well. Why stay and be comfortable, right? Why stay and be comfortable? Challenge your faith, and you can see the blessings that God has in store for you. Perry Baker could be over here, trying to play sports, and then when that didn't work, or trying to play football, but that when, when that didn't work, maybe he's comfortable just being an exterminator. He didn't take that risk, Right? When you take the risk, you can excel. And you, I don't really have a Bible verse for that one, but <laughs> um, uh, but I guess throughout the whole Bible, I, I just think of different stories of when people have taken risks and God has pushed them. Um, let's see here. So, yeah, I guess, I guess that's really much, pretty much all that I have. Um, these four steps, so love, love as much as you possibly can. Pray. And when I say pray, just pray hard, okay? Pray, confess, ask for mercy for any sins. Um, and be honest. And then, what is the third one? <laughs> authority. Respect God's authority.
And then also take risks in your faith. Uh, I really feel that God is willing to bless you if you're willing to step out to further his kingdom. Um, and then those will help you push, push your walk possibly into an elite status if you can. Try not to get comfortable in what, what God is giving you right now, but try to push yourself further. Become that elite Christian that you possibly can. Always challenge, always train, always push if you can. Be that athlete that I always wanted to be, but I didn't have the discipline to do. I can try to do that in my faith, right? So I challenge you guys to do it as well. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you for today. I thank you for the time that we get to spend as a, as a church family worshiping you. I pray blessings upon, upon this church and upon what we can do in the world. Help us try to live up to your standards. Push us. Put a spark in our heart to make us those elite Christians that you want us to be. Give us the disciplines. Give us just hearts for you. We love you. In your name we pray. Amen. Announcements?